name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Family, I have a deep, deep passion, desire for Christian unity. We're nearing Jesus' passion, and if you want to draw deeper into the passion of Jesus, I encourage you to read John chapter 14 through 17. It's called the Last Supper Discourses. It's like Jesus' final advice to us. And so I want to actually break it down really quick. I want you to declare with me. So John 14, declare, I am the way, truth, and life. John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. John 16, the struggle is real. Come Holy Spirit. John 17, Holy Father, may we be one as we are one. John 17 is all about Christian unity. Jesus prays for us and says, I pray not only for them, but also for those who believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, Father, as you are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus is praying for his church, for his body, and he desires Christian unity. And actually, the fruit of Christian unity is that the world may believe that you sent me. That when we see Christians united in truth, the world will come to know that Jesus is Lord. I want you to look around, all around, and recognize how powerful it is to see a church that is this full. And how encouraging, how much it spurs you to keep living the truth of Jesus. When we are one, the world will recognize. But the reality is, we are not one. There is Christian division everywhere we look. The largest group of Christians is Catholics. The second largest group of Christians is former Catholics. It's even among our Chaldean community. We have Chaldeans that are Catholic that come to church. We have Chaldeans that don't even believe in Jesus anymore or are living as practical atheists. We have Chaldeans, many, and it's increasing, that are going to Protestant churches throughout this whole area. We are divided as a community. And Jesus prays that we may be one so that the world may know that he is Christ. This homily will be about the reason that I believe that I see so much division. I want you to repeat after me. Our culture has a problem with authority. In the gospel today, we hear about a landowner who sets up his vineyard, creates his vineyard, and then lends, lends it to tenants. He hires them. The landowner has authority over his land. It's his land, and the tenants are only renting. But what happens? He comes to collect his, his produce. He sends his servants, which in the Old Testament are the prophets. They kill them. They stone them. They persecute them. He thinks, I'm going to send my son. They're going to respect him. But this is what the landowners say, the, the tenants say. This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. And, in, and acquire the inheritance. 
They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. They kill to seize authority over the land. But they actually can't take authority because God is above all. No matter whether you think it or not, if you think you have authority over the truth of Jesus, you don't. I don't have authority. God is the true authority. But this culture is trying to do the same thing. They see that the world was thinking God has authority. No, 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 it doesn't fit my agenda. I have to kill God. I have to steal God's authority. So the culture tries to kill him. You know, in today's world, no one wants to be told what's right and wrong. Don't tell me what to do. Father, don't tell me abortion is wrong. My body, my choice. Father, don't talk about modesty. It's the fashion. Father, don't tell me what what business I should be in. It supports my lifestyle. Father, don't tell me not to have politicians in my house who support abortion, LGBTQ rights, transgender ideologies. I can have these politicians in my, in my house, okay? Even if they go against my faith. They're going to give me a tax break later, okay? It's all about money. You know what that leads to eventually? Father, I don't even care what you say anymore. I don't, I'm not even listening to you anymore. Father, your voice is nothing. You have no authority over my life anymore. Is that our community now? The same thing is happening in the church. Many Chaldeans don't like the authority that God has appointed. So they kill the authority in their minds. And so, like I said, many Chaldeans are now going to Protestant non-denominational churches. I'm going to give us a few reasons why I think this is happening. This culture prioritizes sentimentality over truth, which means this culture cares more about feelings than about what's true. Instead of mass, people want a concert, or they want a dynamic preacher. Now I get it. When you leave church, you want to feel better. You want your abuna to smile and to make you happy. You want to feel good after. You don't want to be bored in church. Hey kids, are you bored yet? You don't want to be bored. But worship is not just about me, it's about God. It's not just about how I feel and what I get out of church, but it's about me offering God his glory and his due. You don't come to church just for yourself, which I hope I hope you feel good. I hope you're happy after. I hope that there was some renewal of the mind, but your worship is directed to him, not just for you. But this culture is a selfish culture. It's all about me and what I can get out of it. Mass is the highest form of worship. We can have a concert anywhere, but we can only receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity on that altar. Second reason, they don't agree with what the Catholic Church says. It doesn't fit my politics. The church is not inclusive enough to different ideas. At St. George, I want to make this clear. We do not talk about politics. We talk about the truth of what the church is teaching us. Third, theological differences. You don't agree with what the Catholic Church says about worship and about theology. So some people simply don't believe that who we receive is the body, blood, soul, and divinity. Maybe they haven't read John chapter 6 or they interpret John chapter 6 differently. 
Maybe they haven't fully understood what Jesus says. Repeat after me. Do this in memory of me. One of the last commands that Jesus gives us before he dies on the cross and rises is take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood. Do this in memory of me. At every single Mass, we do this in obedience to Jesus' command. They say we worship Mary. We don't worship her. We honor her just as the Bible does. Who was the first person, not even a person, but an angel, who prayed, Hail Mary, full of grace. The angel Gabriel. Who said, Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth. It's in the Bible. At the last moments of Jesus' life, Jesus says, repeat after me, Behold your mother. Most of Protestants' judgments are without knowledge. And family, the worst thing you can do is to judge without knowledge. Because if you don't have knowledge, then you don't know. So don't judge. Our faith is biblical. Second, our last, I'm just going to say one last thing. Chaldean Protestants go to Protestant churches because they came to the Chaldean church and they had a bad experience. And maybe it was because of the priest. And so I want to say, I'm sorry. The church is composed, the church is perfect, but it is composed of leaders who are imperfect sinners. And so I've probably hurt people, I have 100% hurt people. And, and because of me, because of me, I'm talking about me, People don't go to church, or they'll go to a different church. I'm sorry. I did not show Jesus to you, and that's on me. Pray for me. John 17, again, Jesus says, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one Consecrate them in the truth. Repeat after me. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. So unity, if we are to be one, we are to be united in the truth. There is division on what is true. And how is, how is that solved? If there is division on what is true, it is solved by an authority who communicates what is true. You cannot have truth... You cannot come to know the truth without an authority who tells you what is true. And obviously you have to believe them, you have to trust them, you have to take it in. Well, family, in today's gospel, Jesus is teaching and the chief priests, they talk to him and ask him, by what authority are you doing these things? The chief priests are challenging Jesus' authority because he does not fit what they want. To the point that they kill him on the cross because he does not fit their agenda. Let's ask me the same question. Father John, by what authority do you do these things? Why do you celebrate Mass? Why do you hear confessions? Why do you revere Mary? Why do we have statues and pictures? Let's say this. Can we all agree, family, 
The Bible is the authority. Amen? Amen. One more time. The Bible is the authority. Amen? Amen? But who has the authority to interpret the Bible? Ah. Okay. I read. I'm reading. I think it means this. No, I think it means this. No, I think it means this. No, I think it means this. Family, you're all here. Catholic Church, amen. United in faith. But you could all leave. Start your own church and be your own authority. You can read the Bible. You can preach. Can I tell you also one more thing? I am not the authority. Father John, Father Fawaz, Father Namir, we are not the authority. You know who the authority is? The Catholic Church. The apostolic tradition. 2,000 years of knowledge and growing in understanding the Word of God. We believe in the Word of God and how the Word of God has been understood by the first church. Did you know that the Bible was composed in the 400s? Well, before the Bible was the authority, then who was the authority? The Bible wasn't even compiled until the 400s. So who was the authority in the early church? Well, Jesus says to Peter in Matthew 16, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. In John 20, Jesus breathes on who? The apostles. He says, Receive the Holy Spirit, Whoever's sins you forgive are forgiven, giving authority to the apostolic church, the apostles. Jesus is delegating his authority to the apostles. The church is the Catholic church grounded on the authority of God's word as interpreted by the apostles and their successors. All right, Father. Some will say, Father, I don't like this homily. We shouldn't be focused on our differences, but on our unity. Can we all agree that there are bigger problems, in a sense, than Christian unity, in a sense? Like, like isn't there, like, more attacks from non-Christians, the crazy ideologies in this world? Why are we, like, why am I talking about the differences in Christianity. In all honesty, a lot of things we agree on, most of the things we agree on, we actually do need to bind together. We need to be united. We shouldn't be fighting against each other. So this homily is not an attack on other Christians, but it is for you, sincerely for you, to be proud that you're Catholic and to understand what your church is grounded upon, the authority of the apostles, the authority passed on from Jesus to the apostles. There is a difference between Catholic and Protestant. You cannot tell me otherwise. So be proud that you are the first church. It does matter, because many people in today's culture say, Father, it's all the same. We're all Christian. But there are real differences, and those differences matter. And I started this homily. What did I say in this homily in the beginning? I care deeply about Christian unity. When I see my Protestant brothers and sisters, I don't attack them. 
I literally love them. Here's the truth. Many Protestants are better Christians than Catholics. Many. And so I'm going to finish with this. Another reason people leave the Catholic Church is not just because of authority. It's because of you. It's because of the believers who say they're Catholic. They look at us and they say, they're not living it. Why should I be Catholic? They're not even living it. Family, I need to challenge you. Wake up, family. Wake up if you're sleeping. I need to challenge you to live the faith. You are the image of Jesus. Don't be, let's go back to the gospel. Don't be like the first son who said, yeah, Father, I'll do it, and then doesn't do it. Show them by your witness. Show the world by your witness what your Catholic faith does for you. That when you receive Jesus, you become Jesus so that you can give Jesus to the world. All right, at St. George, we, we like to clap after homilies. I'm going to ask that we don't clap today, that we take 10 seconds of silence and really reflect, am I living the truth? Am I living Jesus? Am I receiving Jesus to give Jesus? Or am I a scandal? Jesus.